Well, <laughs> one of the reasons why I started this room late tonight is because um, I was having some um, uh, issues with my um, children, namely um, getting them to eat. So for those of you who um, haven't come to the EdTech and Future of Work rooms before, we started out, uh, we're hosting it in the Jennifer Club. So please shoot Jennifer Club a follow, but also um, just know that we have these rooms weekly and sometimes they've been uh, delayed due to timing, et cetera, due to incidents with um, um, children. <laughs> and uh, I'm the mother of three. I'm actually not going to have like a full-time living childcare for another, I guess, um, eight days. I do have one living nanny, which I'm really like grateful for. But it's really hard keeping all the kids um, from. Um, oh, we have a hot mic there. At Stacy, hi. How are you? I'll make you moderator too. But I'm just like wondering, you know, wondering loudly to myself, even after we um, started this room. Um, how I can be a better mom. Cause I was literally having a fight with my children about eating. And then I got so sad about it that I ended up showing them a video of children, you know, who are facing both stress from COVID and wartime who don't have enough to eat. And I wonder if I should have resorted to such means to get my children to eat. They're brilliant children. If you visit my Instagram, you'll know my daughter has won an international competition alongside me last week. Um, uh, sorry, two weeks ago, and they're really smart. But I, I don't, I don't think. Um, I mean, I got criticized for my mothering recently. Someone um, close to me said, "Oh, yeah, it's great that your kids are so talented and high IQ, and you know, winning competitions." But um, are you a good mom when they are such picky eaters? And that made me feel really bad and questioning myself. So while we, you guys ponder like different ways we can become better parents to young children, as well as children to aging parents. Um, I'm going to play a little bit uh, to open the room. So I'm going to play like a peaceful, I guess I'll play Claire de Lune. Um, and uh, you guys can help me bring people to the stage, bring people to the room. And I do have a hard stop in half an hour as I'm preparing for a global uh, ed tech conference um, on November 4th, where I'm giving the keynote um, ending remarks. Okay, here we go.
Thank you guys. Um, while I'm uh, getting ready for the room, um, I'd love if you guys could invite people up from the audience with relevant backgrounds and such so we can help set up the stage better. It's really hard sometimes for me to multitask, play piano, set up a room and, and do all that. And actually my baby is hanging on my leg right now. Um, and sometimes I wonder to myself, like, how can I be a better parent? Like literally my children almost kill me. <laughs> um, last week, one of the reasons why we canceled the room is because I, I had a concussion. I slipped on one of my kids' toys, and I fell really hard into the wall. And um, I was in the hospital for a little while. So I'm wondering, like, you know, I'm honestly wondering, how do I, how do I be a better parent without being the nagging one saying, like, pick up your toys, pick up your toys. Oh, no, mommy, like, slipped on your toy and fell into the wall and had to be taken to the hospital. <laughs> that was quite scary. But literally, um, I mean, these are, like, the little dangers we face every day. So, um I'm going to pass it off to Diraj. Uh, uh, we, why don't we have some mod intros and invite people up to the stage. And um, why don't you guys uh, give me a little anecdote about how you feel like you, you know, a conundrum you might be dealing with as a, a parent or as a child. Um, and I'll tell you my um, child conundrum after you guys go, because I, I really wish I could be a better child to my parents who I haven't seen in nearly two years. Thank you. Um, back to you, Diraj. Yes, uh, Jennifer, firstly, an absolutely brilliant piece. I just love, uh, loved it. And every time I hear you, I'm just in, in awe with this kind of talent you have in piano. <clears throat> now, the kids, and, uh, kids uh, thing is really funny because I also have a young one. He's three, he's three years old and he's very naughty as well. So I completely connect directly with you on the fact that, you know, how do you take... I think kids go through these phases of um, whether you call it terrible twos or whatever. I mean, even sometimes uh, the elder ones can be very naughty. 
while we are with them so not qualitatively spending time uh, with with the kids right the kind of lives that we live these days i think that's the biggest thing that we can do for both our kids and parents uh, kids uh, kids go through phases you actually no one can do i i i'm still like in the same uh, you know uh, situation where you are where i cannot find a way to control uh, uh, him and you know uh making more disciplined and listen to me and stuff like that but it's a big struggle for both my my, my wife and myself and uh, we are we are in the same phase we, we just have one you have more than one so i can imagine how, uh it can be really difficult jennifer i wanted to come in here Ajit, I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you to some degree hey uh, professor steve can i um uh respond to diraj first yeah yeah sure oh great um lovely um so like actually um this is being recorded for the uh spotify uh anchor um and i'm actually uh, if you guys hear the episode later you'll hear actually i was struggling a bit in the background because i actually had to switch rooms my um device is running out of battery and while i was i had to like you know navigate that so actually later on i'm not going to cut it out you'll hear me like telling my husband i need this room um and he's like why and i'm like it's like there's a child blow drying their hair here and i'm like oh what can you tell the helper to move the child out and then we're like arguing on the podcast it's very funny so you can hear it like later on when I um, like, it's just like literally when I'm um, doing clubhouse, there's like a whole choir of people here. And um, you know, the other day too, like, you know, I, I didn't know what to do when my um, youngest child scratched our faces. Um, it was like drew blood. I think she has like sharp nails and then she was going after her brother. And then I put a blanket over him so that when she was like hitting him, she's two. Right. And then she was like, trying to jump on him. I didn't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to, I'm asking tough questions because I don't know what to do when my children are like, like, you know, the youngest one probably doesn't know, like you shouldn't jump on, you know, other people. Like maybe she's not trying to be violent, but like, I keep trying to remove her off. And then she's like jumping on her brother. And I was trying to make sure that he wasn't like, like, oh, did we just lose a professor Asif? Um, yeah. So just now, like in the background, you could hear me being like getting past the crying baby. You didn't hear on Clubhouse because I was muted for it. So um, in any case, uh, uh, I don't know. Diraj, you said yours was two, right? Or three? Yeah, three, three. Three. I think mine just because she's a, she was born right before COVID. So she's like two now. She turned two last month. And so she's like terrible twos. So I'm hoping that is what it is because I literally feel like I have aged 10 years in the last month trying to take care of her. Um, and maybe, <laughs> maybe it's because I'm an older millennial parent now. Um, maybe that's why. So, um, uh, but yeah, like let's uh, chat through the different pain points because um, I'm, I'm sure we're all approaching it from like, you know, a parent angle and then we can reverse back into child angle. And then, um, yeah, uh, why don't we go and hear from you, Sebastian, and then Stacy, and then uh, we'll, we'll hear back from uh, Professor Asif when he returns to the room, I guess. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, actually, um, 
the subject of uh, better child parent, uh, if that's a subject, I can't really speak because I'm not a parent yet. So I probably have to skip on that. Thanks. Yeah, sure. But you can talk about how to be a better child to your aging parents. I'm sure you're a child, right? Oh, um, well, I think that would be like, um, you know, better education in, you know, from as early as possible. Um, bringing them like technology and how, you know, things can be helpful in everyday life, you know, learning from as early as possible. Um, that would be oh, a I mean, are you, start. For, your, for, your, for your parents? Like, uh, I, I'm assuming you have older parents. Yeah, so like integrating technology earlier into your lives, is that what you're saying? So I don't get you. I mean, well, for them to integrate, for, for my parents to integrate. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about it from the, uh, how to be a better child to your parents. Is that what I'm... Uh, I think it's to do with uh, having spent more time with them and listening to them, because uh, especially for first-generation Chinese living in the UK, they... Some of them, they, uh, like my parents, they still speak, you know, heavily, uh, you know, speaking uh, Hakka and Cantonese. So um, for, for them to integrate in Western society is still a struggle after many years. So I think it's the best thing is to do is to listen uh, to them and, um, you know, as much as possible. And even teaching them to use, you know, things like <laughs> even how to use the remote control um, uh, and, you um, uh, having you know, making them easier to integrate in the society because it, as we grow older, I mean, we kind of understand how our parents feel because when they go to another country, sometimes it's not easy to understand when we're younger, but when we grow older, we kind of like have a bit more sympathy, uh, empathy with them. So I would say spending more time uh, educating them about what's going on around the world and um, um, yeah, just be with them more, spend more time because now that we're working from home, we have that more opportunity, uh, as opposed to, you know, before the COVID, we're always working and away from home. So I think maybe COVID brings a lot of uh, opportunities to spend time with our family and our loved ones. I agree, I completely agree with you. Actually, what you just said, Sebastian, about um, how um, how uh, how we should treat our aging parents, I can kind of reverse that and, and uh, talk about that with my children, because I just realized my oldest, she's eight, she just turned eight, and I realized that I'm not spending enough quality time with her. One of the reasons why I also joined the room. Um, and what you said about spending more time with your parents, I think as we get older and we become parents ourselves, we realize we should spend more time with our children because they're only like I'm only gonna have ten more years with her before she's gone. I mean, not gone, but leaves the nest for school conceivably. And then I realize, like you know, like as much as my parents annoyed me growing up, um, that I only and I was always looking forward to the day that I'd be leaving. Um, home but now I'm like oh that's so bittersweet now during COVID like I, I kind of miss them in a way the fact that like I can't actually you know easily see them and um, they are first generation U.S. Uh, uh, immigrants as well so um, uh, so uh, yeah oh earlier yeah my, my husband who you guys heard in the background he just came in to help me fix my charging because um, my, my <laughs> I was actually a little bit perturbed because my um, my device was running out of battery and it wasn't charging <laughs> properly so he just fixed that in the back yeah. another thing i like to point out is that sometimes like in a world family like we always have to um um think about uh expanding and buying a, a bigger property but then after that sometimes i see a lot of parents they actually want to scale down because they realize that i say uh some of the uh children growing up and moving out uh i see some of the parents they actually want to scale down to move to a smaller property <laughs> um because uh, they want to scale down. Sometimes I see uh, this happening. Yeah, and sometimes our parents age too. The role of like 
parent and child seems to like they now they seem to be like my more my peers and friends and like we're they're crossing the way back you know crossing over to where I'm going to eventually have to maybe provide more caregiving to them right in a way so um it's interesting how the you know the the child parent role kind of reverses later in life thank you for that example I'm going to move on to Stacy and then Siddharth I saw Stacy the other night actually she was uh, presenting her um startup to us well for me, it's good morning, Jennifer. Good evening for you. What a beautiful way to wake up and listen to your piano. Oh, that was gorgeous. So, you know, as I listen to what uh, Sebastian is saying, or um, I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses on. But with, yeah, Sebastian was saying earlier about, you know, the roles changing and, and downsizing. And so I'm in a, in a different position where I you know, I'm an older parent now. My parents are older. I'm a grandma now. So, and I, and I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and, and I see you, you have a beautiful family and you do such a marvelous job at making a point of, you know, being there as a family and you've got such a busy schedule. Honestly, I don't know how you manage it all. I mean, and, and looking at it from a different, from an older age point now, you know, I think, maybe the best advice I have is kind of just slowing down. You know, COVID has kind of forced us to all slow down to a little extent, but three kids is a lot to manage. It is. I mean, I had two and I always thought if I had one more, that would have put me over the edge. Um, so, you know, downsizing, slowing down. Now I have older parents, 92 years old, and it's been a couple of years too since I've seen them because of COVID. But this year I said, I'm going to go there at, for Thanksgiving, make it a point to go visit for a week and put up their Christmas tree for them this year. Because my mom's 92 and, you know, putting up the tree gets to be a lot after a while. I mean, so I'm looking forward to taking a week off and go visit the family. <laughs> no, that's absolutely great. I love, um, Stacey, how you um, got to it from a, a parent and a grandparent and a child standpoint and you crossed all three sort of um, you know, perspectives. That was great. Um, because uh, I, I think one of the things that I find really challenging and what you just said early, earlier about uh, slowing down with my three kids. Yeah, I have three kids. Uh, I have actually more than five businesses, including my family office going in terms of investments. And it's hard not to overschedule. Like I, I brought my uh, chief of staff on to make sure that like, you know, I get like uh, 50,000 emails a month. So just that she can just wade through and say like, okay, you know, this assistant's taking care of this, this is taking care of this, so I can go more into autopilot. But then I realized that the more I do autopilot, the more I take on. Like I've actually had to turn down three board positions in the last two months because I'm just taking on too much. And then um, it came to head last week. One of the reasons why I canceled this room was because I hit my head, or like I was telling you guys earlier, I slipped on my children's toys, knocked into the wall, fell off the bottom rung of the ladder and like... um just everything slipped and I, I hit my head so hard I got a concussion um so I'm still recovering from that right now so you what you just said about like slowing down I agree I think I'm going a mile a minute so after this room um which is has a hard stop in 15 minutes I will be um moving on to um uh planning the a global ed tech conference uh and then hopefully you know uh, just like Say, being able to say goodnight to my kids and, and go to sleep because I realized that when I'm not with them, I'm working. And when I'm not working, I'm with them. And um, like they even come in. I don't know if they came in during, I don't think they came in during my meeting with you, but they will come in sometimes during my Zoom meetings and it's fine. Like they're actually on my investment committee and they picked some really good ed tech startups. But 
um, it gets to be a lot. I mean, they're eight, five and, and two. And I, sometimes I'm like, is it okay to just like maybe take a, take a break from all this? So, you know, I mean, thank you for, um, your empathy. <laughs> um, thank you for your empathy and then, and, uh, letting me be vulnerable just now. Um, so, oh, yeah, it'd be. and you know, just you th the thought of that accident, you don't have to say anything to your children. They just saw what happened, right? And sometimes not saying anything is more impactful than being reactive, right? And and they understand. They just saw what happened. They realize what can happen if their toys aren't picked up. So it kind of goes without saying. We need to be, you know, picking up our toys just for safety reasons. And what you're doing with your kids in the investment community, I love this. It's like it's inspiring me to want to do this with my granddaughter. She's always got an idea. You know, she's a little entrepreneur herself. So I'm going to follow what you do with your kids. My, my kids actually, um, they do have a, a they raised about 60000 for charity with their social enterprise um, uh, earlier last year. It's called a Glamit PPE. So you can see it's a kid founded company. Uh, everything. So we actually were selling locally, and now we're doing more. But they they completely conceived the idea. They were like, Jen, "Mommy, there's a Jen." They're like, "Mommy, why why are you um uh, you know your your face shield that you're wearing? It's not very fashionable." So my daughter started putting like blings all over it, and then um then we donated the proceeds to charity. But then I also had them pick investments, and we pick a different charity every month. Um, and this month we raised um um actually if you go to my face or my Instagram, you'll see the donor box link. Oh, I'll put that up later. But we raised uh, over 20,000 for Teens Key Charity, which is helping um, which is helping uh, w girls who are forced into, um, well, girls who are survivors of abuse, and some of them are as young as 11 who are in the sex industry, um, forced in there, um, leave. So uh, it's called teenskey.org. And that's uh, my, our birthday, like my daughter's birthday was last week, mine was the week before, but that was our birthday charity. So I try to lead by example. Um, but I still have that really crippling sense of insecurity that I'm not a good enough mother and I'm not a good enough child to my parents. I still feel like, you know, Asian parents, Sebastian probably knows this. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm still not good enough. That's how it feels sometimes. Um, like being in this sandwich generation. Um, I almost wish I was back to being a rebellious adolescent or a rebellious three-nager like my, you know, like my children are behaving like right now. They're definitely three-nagers <laughs> um, and, and pre-tweens already or pre-teens already. Um, Siddharth, I'd love to hear from you as well, like what your experience is, um, you know, the challenges of being a parent or being a, a child to aging parents or what you see. Are you there, Siddharth? Yes, I'm there. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for giving me the opportunity, first of all, to think about this wonderful discussion and also the holistic topic of all time relating to the ethic and the future of work or being a part of better parent and child. What I believe is that uh, this, this wonderful topic is not only just the, the current topic, it's been from since decades, the topic has been giving a huge, huge, you know, uh, attraction and uh, I think it's because of this thing itself the recent COP26 meeting that's going to be held in Glasgow right now but in the UK even that is also giving a huge huge attraction for this particular topic playing to ed tech future for the same thing and how things think the same thing is going to work for so right now even, uh, even uh, that's going to be happen in COP26 but the 
the, tra the topic is really getting a great traction, okay. The education sector and the technologies that are developing, right, and when I talk about the country like India, where we having schools and colleges specifically into uh, not only just the CBSE, but also the state boards are also making pretty compensatory for all the schools running under the ages of central secondary education in a country in India. And also in many, uh, many of the state boards as well, they are also making it mandatory for, to make sure that you, uh, the, the schools are having, the schools are having their classes with, uh, you know, smart classes and all the, all the schools are equipped with, most of the schools are equipped with the smart classes. And also, um, the, the central government is also making uh, the school and uh, the school education ministry. They are making sure that they are releasing funds for all the schools. They are making sure the the schools and the funds have been all been uh, been released and also grandiose subsidies have been provided for the same thing to maximum schools who are presenting their and presenting also making sure that the the smart classes are to be made mandatory in, in the sector. These are certain things which I'm getting. Apart from when it comes to uh, when it comes to being a parent, so I haven't been a parent in long, but I still believe that uh, it, it really becomes uh, it really becomes important to be a parent <clears throat> when it comes to when you have a child, and uh, you know having a fussy toddler, making it uh, uh, then to the adult and then the adolescent, and then after beginning getting even even more bigger bigger, it really uh, really is one of the noblest noblest feelings of all time to have a child and see. Uh, see them grow. What I believe is that it's very important to, to for to have a proper childing and parenting. The relationship is always is is really important to have. And uh, when you have the same thing, it it also becomes to uh, uh as a parent, it becomes important to have uh a beam balance in your hand so that you have a proper balance where you're able to uh, have a proper weightage on each and every uh faces, right? You having a, you are you know, giving equal love and also giving proper affection, and then on the other hand, you're also making them understand that the realities of worlds are absolutely hard. And in case of there is any problem that you are facing, then you, if you are alone at that point of time, uh, how would you be facing the same thing? So th these are certain points which I believe uh, we need to make sure that uh, our child and drug listening, and also not only just we as a parent, but the teachers, but the teachers in the school who are. The second part of the child, they're also making him understand those same things. So there are certain pointers I uh, would like to present. It. And uh, yeah, I I've done speaking. And uh, over to Jennifer. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Siddharth. And thank you for being so patient. We were like popcorning around for a while. Um, just so you guys know, the room is going to be around for maybe another uh, five, ten minutes. Um, and then uh, during that time, I'll be starting piano to close the room. And I'd love for you guys to stay around for the countdown, my signature style. I'm glad you guys have, uh, you know, joined up for the dialogue. And I'd like to welcome Thomas to the stage as well. Um, Thomas, uh, uh, would love to hear from you. And um, um very interesting. I, I, I read your bio about how you like to listen much more than you speak. I, but I hope you will share with us, you know, some of your thoughts on how, you know, we can all be better parents and um, how we can also, if we're not parents or we're children, how we can be better children to some of our, you know, parents who might be getting older and such. Thank you. Well, so my kids are 46 and 26. And I have a great relationship with both of them, especially my <laughs> baby girl. And that's all that really matters. <laughs> they're not <laughs> high achievers. <laughs> they're not high achievers like I tried to be, but that's all that really matters. And I, my only regret where my own parents are concerned is I left Hawaii when I was uh, 18. So I spent my entire adult life uh, pretty much separated from them, fortunately. 
um, they used to come visit a lot. For whatever reason, I never went back to Hawaii very much after that. I don't know if that's pertinent to your discussion because I just came in at the tail end here. I'm done speaking. Sorry, my mic was having some issues. Um, but Thomas, um, I think that what you just said right now was like really pertinent. Like, I mean, I'm wondering how I can make my relationship like what with COVID, um, like, I mean, I'm definitely tense around like earlier, I was saying how it was like a struggle for me to get my kids to eat. Like we we're having a war about that, which is why I had to start this room 15 minutes later. And then um, the other thing is that um, I was uh, saying that like, I literally had a canceled room last week because I had a concussion slipping on their toys. Like, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. That. yeah. But then the other thing that I was expressing regrets about is like, you know, why I couldn't have been more close to my parents growing up. I mean, I was in many ways, but then now I'm still like, hmm, I haven't satisfied their expectations. I'm still uh, over, over, still, uh, over Oh, sorry. The mic is a little bit hot. Let me, um, do you mind uh, muting for a second while I, yep, great. Um, uh, sorry, it was echoing for me. Um, but yeah, like I, I was just wondering how I could be a better parent and a better child and better child to my parents. And maybe there's a way of bridging the communication more during this COVID divide and, you know, expressing regrets that I didn't spend more time with my brother who and he and I are only a year and a couple months apart and, you know, basically Irish twins. So um, what you had to say, was, you know, definitely we're all kind of weighing in and how we can, you know, strengthen those bonds and, and do better. Um, so, I mean, I don't think this is a one-time conversation. We should probably definitely revisit it. I, I'm so glad that we are all, all like talking about our experiences and being vulnerable. Um, I'm going to start a new tape roll, though. Um, so you guys can start, but I have to start a new tape roll in uh, in Anchor because it's uh, eight seconds away from ending. So I will uh, start a new tape roll in there. Um, keep going, guys. I'm going to start another uh, recording now um, on Anchor. And uh, those of you who uh, want to you know, join this room, there is a, a back channel um, for the EdTech community. So I will share the link for the podcast um, afterwards. You guys are have been all guests on this podcast, um, weighing in a bit with your experiences. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, did anyone want to uh, talk about, um, I guess, uh, how COVID, this period, has impacted your, you know, the parent-child relationship? I mean, for me, I have a bit of cabin fever being with my kids, like, all the time still and then being you know I guess maybe more of a hypercritical parent and then trying to be too efficient with you know being a workaholic as well as a tiger mom so I don't want to you know cramp their style but I think you know if I'm going to be honest that's what's happening right now um anyone else want to yeah Diraj why don't you go for it yes yeah, so because of COVID uh, you know my my kid got a little bit addicted to tv and mobile and because uh, you know we had some house help before and because of covid uh, uh, nobody else could come to the home and we were alone so we had to manage our home um, and so our kid was spending a little more time with mobile and tv and then he got addicted to it so we are now in the phase of uh, you know uh, detoxifying him from that because uh, otherwise he, he likes to continue he likes to be continuously glued to it so yeah, I mean, COVID has 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 had horrible uh, impact on I think uh, the, the children as well. So at at the age when he would be interacting with other kids and going to school, uh, he has basically practically lived with just two of us, and uh, you know, he's not been able to mingle with kids, not been able to gather those gain those key social skills which he would have otherwise had at that age. 
So yeah, it's a challenge. It's uh, COVID has been difficult, and it has been very difficult for a for children of all ages and people um, who I speak to here in India. They completely resonate with it. Even if the kids are are are, are older, they they um, they've not been able to meet friends. They've been at home. They the physical activity of kids have gone down a lot. So they don't uh, you know. Um, there's no group sports there, so they they feel very lethargic and stuff like that. So it has has it has had tremendous impact even on uh, on uh, on children of all ages and groups at least here in India because we have been in a very very long lockdown period about uh, for about one one and a half to two years and schools have not reopened uh, uh, completely. They're starting to reopen, but yeah, that's what I would like to say. You know, on on COVID and its impact on. On children and uh, the like, as as I said, you know, we are uh, my kid got got addicted to TV and mobile, and now I'm in the phase of trying to have him away from it. So yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your experience because if I'm going to be very honest, that's exactly how I feel about my kids. Um, I actually stopped their coding courses for a little while because they were having so much screen time. And uh, I mean, they're having that at both. I mean, with the hybrid learning and everything. And um, I don't know what else to do other than to like integrate. And um, it was very strange because we actually, maybe it was prescient, but a bunch of our companies um, that were, we put early bets on that were right early stage companies became unicorns during COVID. I think partially because of what happened accelerated, um, <laughs> accelerated the, um, the forces that were already at play. So, um, uh, okay, well, uh, if anyone else, oh, I welcome Emmy to the stage. Hi, Emmy, nice to see you. Um, do you wanna chip in a little bit on, um, from your vantage point about how you wanna be a better parent or, or a child of aging parents? And then um, after you, I will actually have to start playing piano to close the room. And then, um, uh, yeah, cause I actually have a, a, a call to be on in a minute for the Global Ed Tech Conference Adventures. <laughs> okay, so over to you, uh, Emmy. Oh, and then and and then Bill as well, but we have to be quick. Sorry. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for. Uh, yeah, I, I, I. Thanks for. Thank you for having us here because I think it's a great topic. Because I mean, I. I mean, my kids are now. Um, um, gosh, I have to think. Eleven and fourteen, and uh, we were struggling so much, and still do now. It's just in terms of like the technology, because you know they now have their own devices, and you know. My wife and I have to, you know, monitor their usage. And I think the topic of just kind of the, the, the really I thought was great, just thinking about how we use technology to help them as, you know, from a parent perspective, but just kind of in general in terms of education, because I think, uh, you know, we, we can't shy away from, you know, the technology aspect of it because, you know, there are a lot of benefits, but there's also a ton of um, uh, disadvantage as well, you know, because I mean, we just, I mean, I think last, last the article I saw, uh, couple of months ago was about how uh, the effect of teens, teen, teenage girls on Instagram. And, uh, you know, this is something that, you know, is near to dear because, uh, you know, I have teenage girls and, uh, and they're, you know, luckily they're, they're not as engaged uh, as, uh, as some of their peers, but um, it's something that we're, we're constantly thinking about. And so thanks so much for the chance to speak. And uh, my name is Amina and I'm speaking. Thank you, Emmy. Thank you for so much for your thoughts. I wish we could delve in a little bit further, um, but I think that was a really great um, summary of a lot of the earlier themes that we covered and how they pertain to you as well. Um, I hope you guys can come back to the weekly um, uh, EdTech room. Um, I will definitely um, moderate you guys if I see you. This has been such a great discussion. Um, Bill, love to hear from you as well. And I'm going to like play a quick piece to end the room and have like carry all my um, devices. <laughs> with me as well. Earlier I was dodging the 
the the blow dryer and, and now I might have oh the vacuum cleaners in the morning so I don't have to dodge that um, and then earlier I think Diraj was talking about live and help I was complaining about I don't have enough live and help because we had three live and help and now I've won but um, uh, I think it's definitely you know a chance to rise to the occasion maybe and get to know my kids a bit better even as I'm like you know struggling being a tiger mom and workaholic here um, over to you Bill thanks Jennifer thanks for having me here and um, also to see some familiar faces on stage uh the title actually caught my eye because you don't really see ed tech and future work be coupled with be a better parent and child for me myself i have an aging mother who's an amazing single mother who's raised me for most of her life uh and um it's become a concern to me uh, as i'm also working in a family firm uh, that my mother founded that you know, there are challenges where I need to be able to take over and also the learning process of understanding her as a parent, but also at the same time, understanding her as a boss, uh, while balancing those two, also understanding the needs of her as she ages. And she's always been this very independent entrepreneurial woman. Uh, but recently I had a scare because uh, she had to go out of the house and find a document and she was panicking and she was just racking her brains and shouting around the house, why can't I find this? Why am I like this? Why am I being, you know, becoming senile? And to hear those words coming out of her, both as someone who's working for her and as, you know, her, her son, I felt a lot of fear, but also at the same time, an immense amount of compassion to be a better child and understand how can I make the best of the situation and help her get through this and actually understand uh, there are tools, there are things that can help in how we organize our lives, even though we are aging and how I, as a son, uh, can be a better child to my mother by helping her through this stage of her life. But of course, you know, <laughs> the generational difference isn't very, help, very, very much help. But I think uh, for me personally, uh, my experience has taught me that a lot of time is needed and a lot of understanding and patience especially when dealing with an aging parent who also is their boss um and it's still a learning curve for me but it's been a wonderful ride so that's my two cents that's, that's amazing bill Bill, thank you i mean i think we've been sharing such poignant vulnerable like moments tonight i uh really really appreciate that share uh, so much because um um right now my my grandmother for example she was very capable and um, I worry a lot because uh, Alzheimer's is on both sides of my family. That's why one of the reasons why, and cancer as well. That's why I've been, um, that's why one of our biggest bets recently in a portfolio company that raised about 100 million, we topped up again, um, has been in that space because um, aging, longevity, that's something that's un inevitable for all of us, right? And especially your mom, she sounds so successful and, and you know, such a powerful woman. And for her to feel like she's, um, you know, um, losing some ground that really um I, I hear you my grandmother is an end stage of alzheimer's right now and um ever since covid hit she's been on a feeding tube and um I, and, you know uh it's been hard for me because i'm the only living relative now in hong kong with her um my um other relative um my other relative is a my other relatives are in the U.S., um, so I'm the only one here, and there are other things that I won't get into, but um, I'm going to end the room with um, some music now, because I have to run to the Adventures Global um, um, 
conference, which is on November 4th. I'm going to ask you guys a quick favor, too. If you can go to my Instagram and send me a DM so that I can send you the back channel for the regular community of this room. And I would love to have you guys up as regular moderators. We'll do it like, you know, about like we did today, like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, um, open with and close with music. Um, so I'm going to do a quick uh, flying me to the moon for you guys. <laughs> I'm going to sing a little bit and I'm going to try to put on music mode. So tell me if you can hear me. Can you guys hear me still? Yep. yep. Oh, okay, perfect. So the, the key in switching modes now, because Clubhouse is quite glitchy, is to give the mic a several taps after you have changed the mode. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick uh, song for you guys. pianist not a, a jazz pianist and I'm definitely not a singer I'm glad you guys <laughs> heard that little medley um thank you so much for being here uh let's count down the room together uh I got to open with Debussy Claire de Lune and I got to end with a little fly me to the moon um, so I'm gonna have a little bit of um 
uh, fun with that as we uh, count down the room because I always leave with a space analogy. Let's count down together. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. And we have lift off. Please buckle in safely as you teleport into your next room on Clubhouse, into Spotify Green Room or Fireside or the real world, wherever you might be. We wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good evening in this universe and metaverse. We'll see you back in the spaceship. We'll see you back in the spaceship next week. Next time, um, schedule's in my bio. If you send me a message on Instagram, I'll add you to the private um, WhatsApp community that we have. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Bye, all. Bye.